Coach K's one flaw is it's definitely not his hair. His hair game is on point. Always getting the dye and everything. His one flaw? I don't know, man. Ooh. He might be flawless. I ain't lying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to watch this in text. He's not going to probably watch. He doesn't care. About <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avid, list, avid listener, Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That'd be sweet, right? That'd be so dope. <laughs> Podcast would be booming. <laughs> Everybody and welcome out the fuck did you get that job the show where two not so interesting guys ask interesting people one question and then interrupt them as they try to answer it joining us today is ty rogers ty played college baseball for indiana university he tried his hat at coaching for a few years all the while honing his graphic design skills eventually ended up back at his alma mater as the creative coordinator for indiana men's basketball he went on to fill similar roles for iconic programs like duke men's basketball and michigan football where he picked up an emmy for best sports feature just over a year ago, Ty made the decision to pursue freelance content creation, running his own company. Today, the list of guys he shoots with includes Ronnie James, Cam Newton, and Chase Young. Ty, welcome to the show, and how the fuck did you get that job? Man, I appreciate you having me, man. This is a, I love doing these Zoom podcasts, but yeah, I've been good, and uh, just love shooting with those guys, and like these jobs have really like carried on and gotten me to like where I'm at today. That's awesome, man. So take yeah, us back, one place we like to start is... Like, what made Indiana the right pick for you? Because it's kind of the first big life decision a lot of people make. As far as my career or, play, or college? College. College. Yeah, it's – um. so, like, going out of high school, I actually went to Ball State my freshman year to play ball. And baseball scholarship there, and then I, I didn't really like Ball State there. And then uh, transferred to Indiana, which was another option. Um, juggled a few schools, but liked Indiana. I wanted to go closer back to home. And uh, I don't know, I just liked it. It's, it's Big Ten, Bloomington. Had a good time, had a good career there. So I spent my sophomore, junior, senior year at Indiana and then played one year pro ball, like independent, nothing crazy. And then stopped that and like wanted to stay into coaching, just kind of want to like jump into the stay in the baseball career as long as I could. You know, I was, you know, criminal justice major, but I was like, I want to play ball as long as I can. You know, you want to make your major league dream or whatever sport it is. Every athlete's like that. But, like, it wasn't realistic for me to make the big league. So, I want to stay into coaching, and that's kind of, like, what I decided to do after I played in Indiana. For sure. And so, while you were at Indiana, you actually went viral uh, on, on a top ten play. Can you go through just, like, what that was like and what the experience of going viral is? Because I was in the early days of, you know, social media and all that good stuff. Yeah. That was uh, – I still joke about that today, that Derek Jeter got number two and I got number one. But, like, it was crazy. It was, it was a lucky catch, first off. Like, it was – when it happened, like, I had no idea because, one, it's sports center, And when you're that age, you're like, I don't even know how you get recommended for a top ten. But it was a Big Ten Network game. So, like, it wouldn't have happened if Big Ten Network, which was, like, new at the time, because this would have been, like, 2009 or 10 – so Big Ten Network was fresh and new. So they were at the game filming that one. It was like a conference game or something. So, like, if they weren't even filming, I wouldn't have had a chance. But anyway, our SID, our sports information guy, submitted it. And, like, the next morning when we woke up, it was like a Sunday game because the play happened on a Saturday. 
And when I saw it, I was like, did that just like happen? Like, was I just on TV? I had no idea. And then I found out like the information director, sports SID is when he turned it in, but it was super cool. It was like crazy, probably like the highlight of my playing career for sure. And um, I was a part of some good teams, but like that was just, just wild to look back and like to see that I made it on sports center on that lucky over the shoulder catch. Yeah. That's, it was a cool moment. And uh, you said you were a criminal justice major. What, when did the graphic design start? Like, when did you start, like, playing around with that? Was that during college, or was how, how far back did that go? So, no, it, um, it did not start until I was probably 24. So, like, it would have been well after college. So, like I mentioned, I wanted to coach. After I was done playing, I didn't want to, like, just stop with baseball. <clears throat> I wanted to keep going, so I, coaching was the next thing, right? But baseball coaches don't make that much money. But I wanted to, like, be a Division One head coach, try to make it there. Realistic, maybe, maybe not, get some luck. But, like, you don't make good money unless you're a Division One head coach. Some assistants get paid well. Anyway, uh, but graphic design did not start until my third or fourth year coaching. When I took a job coaching at Indiana University Baseball, my alma mater where I played, went to school. And I just picked up graphic design photoshop hobby randomly like i had no interest in it prior to this which is like a crazy thing because usually people are like they grow up around it or like they go to school for it and i did it it was just youtube university for me when i started and just like tutorials and all this crazy stuff but it started because i was the third assistant at indiana baseball and one of my jobs was like our baseball camps getting kids and recruits to come to our camps. So I had to like make flyers and brochures and stuff. So I wanted, and I'm, I'm kind of like a type A perfectionist type, I guess. So like I want them to be better and better. So that's kind of how it started. Like how do I make this cooler, more intriguing for these kids? And then I realized um, during this time is like when football, big football and basketball programs, more football would send out like graphics to recruits. Like you would see them on social media, these kids would like take a photo of this graphic that um, Duke basketball, whoever sent to them, like, look how cool this is. And it goes on social media and it goes viral. So like I noticed that and I was like, I'm going to try to make these for our recruits, right? Because football was doing it, basketball was doing it. So I just got more and more and spent more time like YouTube late at night. And that's kind of how my graphic design started was trying to help recruiting and these flyers and graphics for these kids. How much impact yeah. did you see that start making? I, we talked to uh, someone, uh, someone else about this, but and they didn't want, it was Sammy Silverman over at Ohio State, and he didn't want to give yeah. himself too much credit, but I think that stuff, especially with the generation that you're talking about, went a long way. Did you see, like, an impact? Def, I, I definitely think it made an impact. Now, like, a kid – and now I've done it for Indiana baseball where it started. And then I uh, did Indiana basketball and then Duke or Duke basketball, so on and so forth. But like I saw an impact at each school because these kids building relationship with them, especially like the coaches, like when you can like provide like visuals and information and make it fun, cool and like personal relationship. Like I saw it make a difference from like the kid's reaction or the coach's reaction. Like this is, you know, this is gonna help or this is cool, he loved it, so on and so forth. But like, it's not like why a kid would choose a school, but like, it's just a part of the process. So it's like, you don't take too much credit for it, but it's definitely like a part of the pie for sure. 
Yeah. It's a huge difference when you're coming to a kid with value instead of coming <laughs> to a kid and being like, hey, give give us your talent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's right. they they like that because like they realize like, wow, they're taking this much time to invest in me. And there's, there's a lot of things like phone calls, texting, email, you know, talking on the phone, like all the important stuff coming to campus. But like, wow, they're like making these things for me. They must really like want me. And like, you get more information from the school. It's not just like a cool graphic, but like some graphics have value on like why person or recruit A can help us. And we really want you to come play ball. Yeah. And how many hours were you like putting in on the back end <laughs> when just like starting and, you know, attending YouTube oh, like you said, man, I, I don't remember, but it was late nights. All right. Cause I would do the baseball coaching like during the day, afternoon practice would get over and like I would get dinner and I would come back to our office from like six or 7 PM until like midnight or one. No joke. Sometimes later than that. Like I didn't, I didn't have a life at the time. I was just like so passionate about it. And I just saw the growth. I don't know. It just like, it's, it started a fire to like be better at it. So I didn't do it. I didn't have a social life. I didn't do anything. Like it was work and then dinner and then work. But like my hobby, I guess you could say it. Cause it wasn't like a requirement for my job. It was just on my own time and will. Um, it's not like they said, Ty, you have to make this stuff. It was just, I wanted to do it cause I got passionate about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was hundreds of hours easily because like I'm learning something brand new. Like I didn't even know Photoshop at the time. Like I had to download it and like learn the software, let alone like learn how to like do all these different things. And when did that transition start where Indiana basketball like starts, I'm sure showing some interest in what you're doing and how, how you're making an impact on the baseball side. What was that transition like? Yeah, it was a, an interesting story because, you know, I was doing the baseball thing and I had uh, for a while now and the graphics for a good five, six months. So I had like a good understanding and knowledge and repetition of doing the graphics. But um, interesting story is one day after practice, uh, the head baseball coach, my boss, uh, was after practice in the locker room. He wanted to meet with me real quick. And I was like, all right, we'll meet. And then he sat me down or sat down and said that he spoke with coach Tom Crean, who was the head basketball coach in Indiana at the time, um, that he came across my work somehow. I still don't know how he came across it, whether it was social media or whatever. He came across my work and coach Crean had mentioned to the head baseball coach, Hey, we see value in this and know that <clears throat> the big programs are starting this, you know, like Kentucky basketball at the time was doing it. Duke men's basketball at the time was doing it. North Carolina, like the blue blood programs. And Indiana, who's got some five national titles and they want to contend, they, he saw value in this. And this was like new in recruiting at the time. And anyway, he sat, he told Lamo, uh, the head baseball coach that he wanted to start a position and offer it to me. Because, you know, I was at Indiana, it would be an easy transition for me. It's not like he'd have to hire somebody from far away and, and convince him to come. Like he knew I was an alma mater, all that stuff. So I had to sit down. Uh, I think he get like coach the head basketball coach was like give me an answer in like 24 hours it was fast it was crazy so I literally went home and I sat down I'm like this would be like a change of career like drastically Big like change. I would be yeah I'd be like all right no more baseball jumping in both feet to this like unknown territory industry that I don't know much about I've just learned for five months on YouTube and seen on social media but the money was way more. And I was like, Indiana men's basketball is a big program. 
um, you know, it's had its, its highs for sure. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to jump in. The money was more, which was a big, <clears throat> which was a big factor. And, um, yeah, it just kind of led to that, that moment. And then I was like, yep, let's do it. And then everything else took off from there. And, and when did you first pick up a camera then? So yeah, at this, at this time I had not picked up a camera ever before. I've never had an interest in picking up a camera at this time. Switched the career to graphic design, Photoshop, right? And then probably I didn't pick up a camera really and start using it or understanding it until I got my job at Duke, which would have been six or seven months after I was with Indiana men's basketball. So I, like when I was with men's basketball in Indiana, I was just graphic design, Photoshop, but I would use like the IU athletics photographer to edit photos. I would use his stuff. I didn't have like an interest in shooting my own photos or anything, but when I got to Duke, that's when I picked up a camera. And just, just to touch in on the Indiana days. So like, what, what was the biggest thing you learned while you were there just being the creative coordinator of men's basketball? I think it's, one, like the scale of the program coming from baseball and being new to a program of that size, like it's just huge how big Indiana men's basketball or these big college basketball programs are football as well. But like I learned that like how many people like are employed, number one, or how many people pay attention to these big sports teams. Because again, I was just like baseball, which is like not a super popular college sport. It's growing, but like this was like going to a big program where it's sold out 17,000 fans a game at home. So it's like, it was just an adjustment in that area. But I think I also learned like how the industry worked and just kind of like trial and error, the things that did work, didn't work. And it was just, it was a different experience for sure. But man, like when you, it's like jumping into the fire, like you're going to fail a lot and like learn as you go. So that's how it worked for me. And when Duke ended up bringing you over, did they give any hints that like, Hey, yeah, we'll get you with a camera too. Like we'll, we'll start teaching you on that. Or was that something where like you got there and then like it just progressed? So when Duke had a job opening and their director of basketball operations um, flew me in for an interview, there was like 300 people that ended up applying for the job. So I had only been with Indiana men's basketball for like six months, not very long. And that's really how long I've been Photoshopping, maybe a little bit longer with baseball, but there was no camera. There was no like, hey, we want you to film or photograph. It was like, we're hiring you to do graphic design for like all of our top recruits uh, when they come on campus, mail outs, all this stuff that, you know, was big then and still is big today. Um, but yeah, there was no camera or anything. But when I took the job um, after an interview, got home. And then got the job and then decided I'm going to leave Indiana and go to Duke because Coach K, like, it was just another opportunity. Just jump in. Just try something different. You know, I couldn't turn that down. It was a little bit more money as well. Um, but I had, again, I had no, like, ooh, I can't wait to use a camera until I got there for, like, a few months in. And then I realized, oh, we have a camera that's accessible that they already had in-house. I'm going to start using it. And that's literally where it started. Wow. Yeah. When did you realize like you had a knack for like graphic design or videography? Was it back in Indiana? Was it at Duke? Like when were you, when were you like, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I would say not until I got to Duke because like at Indiana, it was so fast and short lived that like, I was like, am I even good at this? I'm still learning. So I was kind of like, I was getting better. Like I had an, I had a knack for it, but like, I was still like critiquing my work to like, man, it's got to get better. It's not that good yet. Um, until I got to Duke and that's when like 
my passion or realization that like, okay, this is like really happening. Like I'm at Duke men's basketball. It's a big program. This is crazy. Like, why am I here? Like so quickly. And, um, uh, didn't really have to like take years to get there. You know, I was blessed in that sense, but like not until I got there is when I realized like, this is what I want to do. And then it all started over again when I picked up that video camera and started using that. Cause then Photoshop and like graphic design became like an afterthought. And did that happen all at once or was, or like how, how I, I guess how scary was it to just kind of submit that first video that you had? Cause I mean, you had just picked up a camera and you have access to, you know, Duke men's basketball is probably a yeah. subject that, you know, videographers would across the country would cut off a yeah. pinky for. No doubt. Yeah. It was, um, so my first, like, I want to say five months, I didn't do any video yet for Duke. So it was just straight graphic design. Like I was doing previous jobs um, for recruits, the coaches and all that stuff. And when I picked up the camera for the first time, I was like, all right, this is fun. This is interesting. I don't even know how to like work it. Like, I don't know what like uh, shutter speed or like aperture. I didn't really know anything. I knew how to turn the camera on. And I would ask my boss, like, how do I get the the, uh, the picture to like be exposed correctly. I had no idea. So I had to start over with like YouTube again to like learn the camera. Cause when I pick something up and I'm like, all right, this is fun. Like I got to learn it. Right. Just like any of us. Um, so I did that. And then my first video that I filmed, like I look back at it, I haven't watched it in a while, but it's not the best, but like the edit's not the best, but like the pitch, like the framing, like I could tell, and I looked at it a couple months ago, like I had an eye, I guess for like framing up, you know, making a good looking frame and not being like, you know, shaky or anything that just looks distorting or crappy. But like, I had an eye for like framing up why I have no idea. Uh, maybe because I was into art and it was just like, like an artistic, like looking frame, but like my editing improved, but my first video was like, it was awful. It was terrible. But like the framing was good and it just kept me going. It's like, all right, this looks good. I can follow the ball. Um, you know, I'm filming a Duke men's basketball game. Cause that's when it started. when I started filming was one of our first games I'm filming like Brandon Ingram, you know, who was a number two pick that year. Like the team was really, really freaking good. And it was just fun. Like Cameron indoor was crazy. And I was like, this is like overwhelming. Cause it's like, it's a cool environment. Cause during the games I would just sit and do nothing as a graphic designer, but this kind of like got me to do something during the game. So like I was getting to like work during the game, but it wasn't like work to me. It was like fun and like a new passion and hobby started by jumping in and filming a basketball game at Duke. And that probably helps. How did the opportunity like come about at Duke? So from my transition to Indiana there. Yeah. Um, so when I was at Indiana men's basketball for six, seven months, however long it was and Duke basketball had posted their job opening on their Twitter account. I wasn't like a Duke basketball fan or anything. I'd follow them, whatever, but like I wasn't a fan. Um, they posted on their Twitter like, hey, we're looking for a new um, creative content coordinator. Um, and I, I hit the link and I'm like, this is not, I wasn't like looking for a job. I wasn't trying to leave Indiana, but like I hit the link, I read it, you know, had the salary and all this stuff. And it was a little bit more. So like, all right, this is interesting. It's Duke men's basketball. It's Coach K. Like, all right, I'm going to like, apply but before I applied um, this is the way I would go about it for any job moving forward is I didn't apply right away like online because it's like there's going to be so many people that go there so I found like the hiring manager and I hit him up on Twitter Twitter Instagram one of the one of the two and I've always used my platform <clears throat> to be like my portfolio 
Um, and I'm glad I did at that time because he looked at my work and was like, he liked it because when I hit him up, he would check my page, right? To see what, who I am, what I'm about and my previous work. He liked it and he called me like right away. And that's what got me the interview. And then, then I applied like you have to for HR reasons. And then, yeah, that's kind of how it started. I just DM'd him. Slide in the DMs. That's it. That's it, man. That, that's a common yeah. theme. That is a common theme yeah. in this show. It really it's is going straight to straight to people. Um, I'm really, I'm really interested. Like, like, you're in it and you're shooting for Duke, and it sounds like it's like this amazing like dream job that you're figuring out. Did you picture yourself at Duke for like a decade? Were you like, I'm, I'm gonna do this for a while, or where? When that like, I'm because I'm interested in moving from Duke basketball to Michigan football, like. Yeah. Was it always kind of the goal to like hop around to programs or where was your head with that? Yeah, it wasn't like, I guess it wasn't a thing to like, just, you know, be here a year or two and then leave. It happened that way. You know, Indiana basketball was super short, half a year roughly. And then Duke men's basketball was like two, two and a half years, maybe. Um, But it wasn't planned that way. It was, I liked my job at Duke. It was great. And then the Michigan job just kind of came up, you know, kind of just landed in my lap in a sense. Because I had knew I had known someone inside the program, which helped get the job. You know, it's the DMs or the knowing somebody, right, to help get you in. But it wasn't like I want to leave Duke in two years. It was, and I guess I didn't like think like, "Ooh, I want to be here for four or five. It was just kind of like playing it day by day. But um, I mean, I would have been. I mean, I miss Duke today. It was just a lot of fun. But like, um, I mean, if I was there four or five years, it definitely wouldn't have been a problem because it was. It was a lot of fun. Those teams are just crazy. And I was so mad because when I left, Zion Williamson came the year after. And, like, he would have been, like, a highlight reel. Like, it would have been so much fun to film that guy. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of just how it is. <laughs> Can you talk about just, like, the difference between shooting football and basketball? Yeah, it's definitely way different. Um, field and court size, number one, is way different. Um in basketball, you have to be stationary. You have to stay in your spot. Where football, you can move around, you know, end zone to end zone, sidelines. Um, can't really get in the bench unless you have a bench credential if you work for the team. But, like, if I had to pick filming a basketball or football game, I guess it would depend on the game. But, like, I would pick football 95 to 99% of the time just because, like, you can be more creative because you can move around. You don't have to sit down Indian style, which basketball, that's just the way it is. Um, especially with like these big cameras, these big cinema cameras, filming a football game on like a high hat tripod versus like basketball, you can't have a tripod. So you got to film it on the shoulder. <clears throat> you got the referee, you know, you're sitting baseline and you got the referee going in and out. You know, we call it ref ass, getting ref ass all the time <laughs> because, you know, the guy dunks it and the ref's ass is right in the, in the frame. Um, so I hated that, but like football is the way to go because you can move around, you can get different angles, creative. It's just more fun rather than sitting. It's crazy thinking like you went Tom Crean to Coach K to Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh, just yep. legendary like personality coaches too, just legendary. <laughs> yeah. How involved were each of those guys on the creative side? Because I gotta feel like the, all those guys are known for their recruiting, and I feel like that they might, even though they're older, they might be guys who saw that impact. Yeah, I would say if I had to rank like the most hands-on with me would be Tom Crean at Indiana. He was very recruiting centric. Not saying that Coach K or Harbaugh wasn't, but, like, he was very animated. He was very 
just on the go, right? He never sat still and he always wanted, I don't want to say controlling, but like he wanted everything to be a certain way. That just was his personality. So I would say he was the most hands-on with like what I was doing. Coach K, a little bit older, you know, a few more years left. Like he let his, uh, my boss, the director of basketball operations kind of work with me directly, but coach K would like oversee everything. Like there was nothing that went out. He did not see, um, whether it was a recruit or social media, whatever. Um, so he was involved, but he wasn't hands-on with me. He would, he would, you know, I would talk to him, but he would be communicating with my boss, the operations guy. Um, but he was kind of hands-off, I guess, with me in a sense. And then hardball was like completely hands-off because I think football, when I got to football from basketball the past few years, like it's just a big program, huge. There's like, I don't even know how many employees, but like it was just crazy how many. So it's like he can't, he's, he shouldn't. He's X and O's recruiting like, you know, I got to do my job. It's not anything he needs to worry about. And, you know, there was people I worked with, but like Coach Crane was probably the most hands-on of all three. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got any funny Harbaugh stories for us? <laughs> funny Harbaugh? Man, that guy's crazy and just <laughs> just different. He's just quirky in a sense. I don't have like one story off the top of my head, but I'm sure if I sat here and thought I could think of something. But like he would just like the quirkiest guy and would just – pop off the most random things, but it was funny. And it was him. It was being himself. Um, at first I was like, this is this, I had never like met Harbaugh and I'd seen him in the news prior to getting the job for like taking his shirt off in football camps and stuff. And I guess like in a somewhat serious or joking sense, I was so mad. Like when I got the job there, he kind of toned that down a lot. So I didn't get to experience a lot of the quirkiness, but I got some, but like before, like he was doing some wild like rap videos with cars and like just the wildest stuff. I'm mad that he wasn't doing that when I was there filming it because it would have been it would have been crazy wild. But yeah, he's just he was a funny guy. Yeah, I would never have thought that was his personality until I met him. But that's just who he is. That's who he is. That's great. <laughs> my my question for the time at Michigan, like the hail to the victors, like one one you a sports enemy, like it's yeah amazing video. The voiceover in that, the writing in that is incredible. Who who wrote that? Who wrote that VO? And like, how did you find that? So that was the VO part was written by Oliver Thornton and myself. I oversaw it, but he did a lot of the writing. Um, he was a professor at University of Michigan. Um, he was a football. Fa- he went to Michigan and now is a professor. I think he was probably forty or fifty. He's a little older guy, but like he loved Michigan football so he knew the history and tradition and we connected somehow um I don't remember how we connected maybe social media or in passing but like his scripts like he did script writing for like um film and theater at at U of M so I hit him up like hey like I'm interested in because you know I'm filming a lot and like I want to write scripts and get better at it but like he did the majority of that work so when we won an Emmy, he won an Emmy as well for being part of the script writer. But like, I would tell him, let's change this or do that. But like, he was, he probably wrote 75, 80% of it for sure. Oh, all, yeah. You can almost yeah. tell it's like a collaborative thing though, too. Cause it not like yeah. the, the cues come in to match it so perfectly that like, it, it can't just be like some guy writing in the hole and some guy editing and then you put it together. Like you got you yep. to like collaborations there when you watch that. Yeah. Movie. I mean, we were, we were bouncing ideas off and like we you know, Michigan football is so like historic and traditional that like, there's just so many things you could like pull from poems or like, you know, um, fight song. I mean, the list goes on and on, 
um, things that they've won in the past. And he knew Michigan football history probably better than me because I didn't go to U of M. I was new there. So he knew it like if I said when was last time they won, blah, 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 he would have known right away. So like his, his knowledge was crazy compared to mine. But, yeah, we just bounced ideas off. And, um, and then we got the VO guy, City Henderson, who was the one who actually voiced it. And I found him on Google, and he actually did a uh, Batman um, trailer. And he lived in he lived in Detroit, so I was like, I want, at first I was like, I'm gonna find someone local that I can like show up, and he records in my microphone. Um, so I wanted him to be in Detroit or nearby, and I found this guy, and he was he did a trailer for Batman like many years ago, and I'm like, this dude's voice is amazing, and I'm gonna hire him, and got the budget for it, and so we would get the script, and then I would send it to City, who would voice it over, and he was like, it was perfect, it was just. Um, it couldn't have been better. Yeah, that video is amazing. Everybody needs to check that out. Hail to the victors on yep. on tyrogers.net. <laughs> One thing that I think separates you from a lot of other videographers and creative people are just, is just the storytelling aspect. Uh, can you talk about just how important that is in, in your work uh, versus, you know, just making something that looks cool? No, it's, it's, I think about this all the time that story always has to be number one. Like, what is the story? What is the human side um, that this school program athlete wants to tell? But yeah, it's more than just being flashy and cool. And I understand that's part of like social media video editing and I'll do it time to time. But the storytelling and really dig into like what makes these athletes tick or who they are as human beings, like especially football because football players have a helmet on, you know, the whole game. You, these fans don't even get to realize who these people are. They don't even know what they look like unless they follow them on social media. Basketball is a little easier. They play offense and defense. But football, you're one side of the ball, helmet on. So it's like, let's tell a story with these guys that, like, take the helmet off, let's talk a little bit, get to know each other. But more than that, just, like, the history and tradition of these programs and combine it with, like, the current players on the team, and then it makes something cool. But, yeah, always got to, like, tell a story. And to do that, you're going to need audio. You can't just be music and and um, visual clips. Like, you can have great footage, but you need dialogue and, like, a narrative. And that's what I like to do. And that's – and there's some other good people that do a really good job. And that's – it's more like a movie or cinematic, and that's kind of like what I want to do. We talked about – we talked about this before we hit the record button, but – your transition going from Michigan into freelance, like anybody going on freelance as a scary, it's a scary move. I'm really interested because you look at your website, you're like the wedding and travel videos you made were amazing. And like, was, was that a route that you were thinking about going on? Like, or was it, were you thinking just sports? How, how did that transition go? So like, I have not to today, like, I have not made many videos other than sports. That's just been like what my work has been because I've always been um, with these teams, which have been sports teams, basketball or football. Um, so that's just been what I've been. And those are full-time salary positions. So I didn't really have like free time to like go create travel films and all that. And I didn't have time to like really travel because it was, you know, football programs are relentless when it comes to like working hours. Um, that's just part of the job and basketball too, but uh, especially at a Duke or Michigan, but um, when I did travel a few times, I figured I'm going to take my camera and make something like the, the Kauai Hawaii video I made. And that's the only travel video I've ever made, but it was, it was fun, um, to do something different. Like, you know, my thought process is still the same regardless of what I'm filming, but like, 
it was just fun to film something other than just dudes playing football or basketball. <laughs> but like that number one, and then like the wedding video, like just popped up out of, um, well actually the guy, the, the guy who got um, married, he worked for Michigan football and played. So that was like the connection there. He asked me to do the wedding video and he like had faith in me because he, you know, he knew me, but like he looked at my work and when you're hiring a videographer for your wedding, or your photographer for your wedding, you'd probably want to see some like sample work of like them shooting a wedding before. So like, I'm happy, like he, you know, still wanted me to do it and still trusted me and it ended up being honestly one of my favorite videos because it was just different. It wasn't like football or basketball, but like, and plus like the moment's just crazy, right? A wedding can get pretty wild and like just the purpose of it. But, but yeah, like I haven't done much more. My, my work's been like 98% sports and then starting to get into more like music artists and stuff. But freelancing now like I want to do sports is my my favorite obviously but like I'm open to doing more than just that so during during my time at uh Vayner Sports I actually had the pleasure of with you on uh Allen Robinson Chicago wide receiver yep. uh brand campaign with a brand by the name of Hilux and one thing that really impressed me about what you did and how do you work with them is just how how you got Allen just to be so comfortable from from the jump uh, how important is like the personal side of shooting and not just like putting a camera on these guys? No, it, it's huge. I think because especially when you're working with like a new athlete, like Alan at the time, or like when I started working with cam or whoever, um, you don't really know them. You, you know them as a player. I didn't know Alan at the time. Um, you know, I'm meeting this, you know, great player for the first time. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. And like, you just want to make him feel comfortable um, cause no one likes to do like an awkward, like interview, like, okay, I don't really, cause you want him to open up and be himself on the camera. So it's like, if you want to get that out of the person, whoever it is, like you got to make them feel comfortable. So like the personal side is huge to answer your question, like being not a fanboy, but like, which I don't ever want to be, um, cause that's going to lose trust right away. I think it's like the biggest thing that some people, especially younger videographers, when they do these NFL players or whoever, you've got to stay away from being like a fanboy. You got to be someone they can trust cause they have enough of that in their life. Someone they can trust to film. And that goes back to any athlete, but to with the Allen situation, like I made him feel comfortable, I think, or, you know, hopefully, and it just worked that way and he was open to it, but I had not known him prior. So I didn't know what his personality was, but you know, it worked out pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. And with name, image, and likeness uh, changing, I, I do yeah. want to ask you this one last question because I, you, you're an amazing storyteller, and the way that you tell stories with video is, I mean, that's how p- kids are going to communicate. What stories do you think kids should be focusing on if they want to build their brand? And when I say kids, I guess I mean college, young college athletes who want to focus on building a brand so that hopefully then they can monetize on the back end. Yeah, especially with the rule changes that are going to take effect when, like, within the next year or something like that. But now, today, or moving forward, like, these athletes need to definitely invest. So, like, as a college kid, as an, as an NFL or NBA or a professional athlete, you're going to have the money to invest in, like, you know, your, your agents and all this stuff. But someone who's going to, like – create video or photo content for you. You have the cash flow to do that. College kids, not so much. <clears throat> Even if you're on a full ride, you know, these kids, you don't know their background or, you know, they're not working jobs. So it's like, I don't know how, unless people do free work for them, I don't know exactly how that's going to work. You know, there's different theories you can think on that, but like, you know, they definitely college or even pro, it doesn't matter. Like 
build your brand and it's going to start on social media with creating content. And I like the Gary Vee philosophy of creating massive loads of content and getting it out. I think there's like the level of like super quality, but like getting stuff out that like supports your brand and who you are as a person in a positive way, more than just a football or basketball player or whatever sport, but being relatable with other humans that follow you because that can only build your growth and or your brand and your following where you can endorse that later. But another flip side of that, and I just had this conversation with Chase Young this past week because he's a rookie, he's fresh out into the NFL. And the MJ, the last dance was amazing. I'm sure you guys watched that. And Tom Brady's going to come out with one man in the arena next year, I believe. And we're going to see some crazy Tom Brady footage that we've probably never seen. But like these kids or these younger athletes, college, pro, whatever, are seeing these documentaries come out. And I know Michael made a ton of money. MJ made a ton of money off the last dance. He ended up donating a lot of it. But like it's just an extra like retirement check, number one, if you need it or not. But like show who you are. You know, we all knew Michael was the greatest player, arguably, of all time. But like who he was behind the scenes. And it was, it was some crazy stories in there. And I mentioned that because I had the convo conversation with Chase recently saying, and he's, he brought this up and we talked about it where he wants to document his career and start it now. Don't start it when you're good six years into your pro career, like start it now because you need all of that. So like whether it's me or another uh, cinematographer, whoever, um, Document as much as you can within reason and you'll have that stuff to either one use it like currently on social media to build your brand You know, like I gave chase some frame grabs in my video for him to build his brand on social media It got picked up on his page bleacher report ESPN um, It was on NFL game day NFL network like those photos that I gave him recently because he was you know all jacked up in the weight room and just looked ridiculous how much weight he was he was moving around but, like that's building your brand, right? and awareness and then so use it currently but also save it where you can possibly make like a longer documentary or docu-series later on kind of like michael jordan and just bank on that because you got the cash flow to do it so why not you know invest in that so it's it's important and even if you don't have the cash flow to do it find a way to build your brand however you can on social media because it's super important Exactly. And the, the other lesson from that, too, for like take, taking last dance, like well, that's awesome. Like what you and Chase are talking about. If he if you have final say like Jordan had on when that when that footage goes out and it can only benefit you, it can only Absolutely. benefit you if, if, yeah. if that's in your bank and you're you, you know when that content's going to hit the best, it's only going to benefit mm-hmm. you. We actually we actually had Eve Wolf, who uh, is a producer for ESPN. She worked on the last dance and she was saying like the biggest thing about that was uh, just having the archival footage, like if you have it available and then you pop, then you can really make something work. So yeah. that's just reiterating the point that you're already making. W- one thing that I want to jump off to, so we we had another guest shout out. We had I Smooth On, Rodney Cofield. Uh, and he actually, we asked him the question, we said, who are some people that you look up to in the space? And he said, your name. So I want to ask you the same question and say, who do you look up to in the space? Who Who's doing good work? And just, just admire some of their work. Yeah, so I look... For me, music videos, directors, cinematographers, people who shoot feature films, movies, you know, I look up to a lot of them. But I would say like the one person that I probably look up to the most, his name is Jacob Owens, 
and he doesn't do sports like at all, but he does music videos, some short films, but like, I think just like his quality of work, his, his quantity of work, like him being like just a complete like workhorse when it comes to like building his brand. And I just like how he does it. I think it's kind of a similar model that I'm following. So therefore he inspires me where he's shooting these big budget films, which is my hope here soon tells stories. It's not just like a cool video. He tells stories. His cinematography is amazing. Directing who he works with. He has an online store that does bonker numbers way better than mine, but hopefully we'll get it there. Um, Cause he's been in the game for a while, but like um, he's worked with some of like the top hip hop like artists, but he would be number one, Jacob Owens. Um, and there's several others that inspire me, but like if I had to name one, it would definitely um, be him. His, uh, his Arizona State baseball video is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I got on Jacob Owens through uh, Futuristic. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, if you know yeah. That, that, yep. right? yeah. yeah, I do. Yep. Those music those music videos were always – like uh, He's just – his style, um, the quantity he puts out, like I said, but, like, he's just creative in that sense. And it's like maybe I kind of, like, see myself hopefully, like, being like that, I guess. But, like, just, like, the workload he does is just crazy, like – but he's always posting stuff and it's always good. And it's like, I'll see some like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but like they post, you know, every blue moon and it's like, all right, well, Jacob's like doing it every week. And it's just, it's just like a model of like inspiration, I guess. For sure. And, and I, I really love how you said it before that term, just YouTube university. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're an 18 year old kid uh, and you're interested in, you know, sports videography or videography as a whole, are there any resources or books that you would recommend? If, um, if you're getting into shooting, definitely YouTube. Um, there's a couple books, but that'd be more for, I don't know of any shooting books. I know of an editing one, but if you're looking to like film hands-on camera production, YouTube university, hundred percent, if it's editing and sports, definitely cop the masterclass that I dropped. 100%. TyRogers.net. Got to go cop that. Because I'm telling you, it's worth it. I'm telling you. And hit, if you watch this video and you hit me up, I'll give you a discount. Um, shoot me an email or a DM. I'll give you a discount in the class. But that's what I would do for the editing. Um, but the book is called Blink of an Eye by Walter Murch, who did like some big theater films back in the day. And it's amazing for video editing. All post-production. And he reading that book like two or three times has completely like, changed my thoughts of like editing. And some of that was kind of part of the masterclass that I, that I taught, but that's the one book, but I mean, yeah, YouTube university is crazy. I mean, you can learn so much on there when it comes to like whatever, but the key is like, make sure you don't watch too much. Then you're going to have all these things. Like you got to keep it narrow minded to like, who do you want to like learn from, you know, cause you get to pick, there's so many people that teach you like how to, work a camera you just pick the one that you think is you know going to provide you the most benefit because there's some there's some famous people on there that i'm like i'm not sure that they know what they're talking about when i watch but they're like they have a lot of views and stuff and it's like all right i get it it's youtube you can you can get popular on there sometimes by faking it or being real and genuine and find the ones that are going to teach you yeah that's it yeah. we, we uh we suck at ending these, so we started just doing uh, quick questions here to finish. Uh, so just trying to answer as quick as possible. Okay. First one is person you'd most want to sit down to dinner with? I would say Michael Jordan. I'm a big MJ fan. I've been posters on my wall since I was little. Favorite city in the world? Favorite city in the world? Ooh. Los Angeles. Literally. 
I love it out here. Kauai, actually, I'll tell you that back. Kauai, Hawaii is my favorite place I've been. I've been to like Italy, uh, Europe, all that stuff, but like Kauai, Hawaii, if you've never been, oh my God, it's amazing. It's like uh, a know, jungle. It's like living in a jungle out there. It's absolutely insane. It's insane. <laughs> is it okay to sleep with socks on? No, it's weird. <laughs> my feet would sweat. Favorite rom com. Rom com. Why do I not know what that is? A romantic, romantic comedy. comedy. I guess I don't watch romantic comedy. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I don't watch. I don't watch much TV. Let's put it that way. Besides, like Last Dance or like documentaries, I want to watch. But yeah, I don't watch TV much. What's up? Okay. Best spot to eat in Bloomington. Ooh, Mother Bears. Mother Bears Pizza, hundred percent. Finish this sentence. Coach K's one flaw is. It's definitely not his hair. His hair game is on point. Uh, always getting the dye and everything. His one flaw? I don't know, man. Ooh. He might be flawless. I ain't lying. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a that's a, that's a stumper there. <laughs> I don't want him to watch this in text. He's not going to probably watch it. He doesn't care about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Avid listener, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. That'd be sweet, right? That'd be so dope. <laughs> Podcast would be booming. <laughs> In in forty years, what are people going to be nostalgic for? In forty years, oh wow, you're really making me think ahead, <laughs> man. I'll hopefully we have like flying cars and stuff in the future. Hopefully that answers your question. That'd be cool. Flying, like I'm like I guess if I do watch TV, it's going to be very like sci-fi. Like I like alien and just weird stuff, space. So maybe like something like that, going a, to the moon or something. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, wow. I'm going to say no, no, no. I feel like a sandwich has got to be top and bottom. Most underrated know. thing about working with Jim Harbaugh? Most underrated thing? Yep. Um, having to wear khakis all the time. <laughs> go-to quarantine snack? My go-to would be better made barbecue chips made in detroit absolutely amazing i get them amazon prime delivery here all every week uh, and then peanut butter and jelly easily i love i love the uncrustable it's <laughs> a great sandwich I, I keep it i keep it healthy around here guys <laughs> <laughs> indiana's next t- national championship football basketball or baseball and then and then give us a year i'm gonna go ooh, it's probably gonna be baseball um basketball uh, be a while i'm gonna say baseball because they've they've got some top 25 teams went to the college world series recently i'm gonna say i don't know 20 30 there it is yeah and with the year 20 they might have a chance with the year 2030 in mind finish this sentence in 2030 you can catch ty rogers blank Creating long-form documentary slash short film features for hopefully netflix hulu something on there, DP, cinematographer for some big-time movie feature films. That's awesome. Ty, man, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, where can people find you? Where where, uh, where should they follow you? Yeah, so webs- if you want to check out my work or anything else about me, my website, tyrogers.net, and my social media channels are connected on there. Um, Instagram, shot by Ty Rogers. Twitter is not so much my work, but you can follow me on there as well. Um, those are the main two. I don't do TikTok yet or anything like that. Snapchat, Facebook. I just try to keep it minimal. But yeah, check out my website, tyrogers.net. And if you're into sports video editing, got to get the master class 100%.
It is. Top. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Thank right. you. Right.